welcome to episode 159 of NCP. My name is David, and when we for this episode, I have the lovely Crystal. Where, where's that young rapscallion Bo? He, Bo is uh, at DragonCon oh. in uh, in Atlanta. That's all right for some, isn't it? I know. <laughs> it would have been nice to have been there with him, but uh, he's there with uh, his uh, friends and family. Hi, Bo. And we miss you, Bo. I'm waving at the microphone, even though you can't see it. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's having too much fun. He doesn't give a crap. But uh, anyway, what can you do? I, I would actually like to go to Dragon Con. He's talked about it on numerous occasions. It sounds like it's a bit of fun. One of these days. One of these days. Straight to the moon. <laughs> no, straight to Atlanta. <laughs> uh, so for this episode, we have a review. Uh, Crystal will be reviewing Destination Moon. Uh, we pit the Adams Family versus the Monsters in our Clash of Champions bonus round. And in Azerothian Times, we discuss patch 6.2.2 and the recent announcements at Dragon Con, which happened seriously just like a couple of hours ago. I'm excited. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. I, I, won't spend, I won't dwell too much time with Azerothian Times, because let's face it, there's not really much point without Bo here, and I also don't want to bore you to tears. Without Bo, it's just... Azeroth. Yeah, there's no fun times. There's no times. I should, change, I should read Azeroth in fun times. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, in a, a slight uh, change of mood, uh, we've actually got some sad news to start off, so uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do that and then we'll move on. Horror maestro Wes Craven uh, died just recently, uh, so our condolences to his family. Uh, Wes Craven, of course, uh, the creator of Freddy Krueger uh, from the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and... Um, just a a staple of 1980s horror films. Uh, he basically re-energized horror films uh, with the Scream series and uh, the, the much loved and copied Scream series. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know Freddy Krueger, an icon of of the horror screen in the Nightmare on Elm Street films. He did other films as well, of course. At House, um, what was it Last House on the Left and. Freddy like Krueger's kind of the Superman of the horror genre because even if you're not into horror, everybody in the world knows who Freddy Krueger is. Yeah, exactly, and he's just and he's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Wes Craven, um, of course, you know people under the stairs, Last House on the Left, Hills Have Eyes, that sort of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, he's just uh, he will be missed, and uh, he, like I said, he was a, a horror icon and much loved by many people. Um, the other sad news is uh, actor Dean Jones uh, has died as well, and only only a couple of days ago. Uh, the, most people from our generation would know Dean from The Who Love Bug, uh, so a series of films. He did uh, quite a lot of films. A staple for Disney. of my childhood. Oh no, he was he was like a, a screen the screen dad. So in the eighties, we'd watch Herbie with Dean Jones and watch the cricket with Dean Jones. I know, when it actually said <laughs> Dean Jones dead, uh, I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, of course, thinking about the cricket. But... I'm sure a few people did a double take there. Yeah, but then as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, oh, the guy from Herbie. <laughs> so, yeah, so it is It, it is uh, a shame. It's uh, He was, yeah, like we said, he was, we used to watch like every, yeah. what was it, the Disney Family Magical Hour, whatever, on the uh, weekend. Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night, that's right. Sunday night. The Disney. Sunday night Disney. So, uh, it's a shame that went away. Yeah, so condolences also to his family. Okay, so let's move on with our review. Uh, Crystal, 
Destination Moon. Destination Moon. It is ten minutes before takeoff time in the uninhabited desert of White Sands, New Mexico. Tell them to stand by for count off and firing. 59, 58, 57. But to reach this dramatic moment, we're months of construction, checking every detail a thousand times, and a desperate struggle to convince the skeptical, to outwit those who would stop us, to muster up courage to challenge the black, airless void of terror-stricken space. Come back to me, Charles. Please, come back. 17, 16, 15... All right, take it away! 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, fire! The picture you've been reading about in every important national magazine and newspaper. We've just started to get stuck into the 1950s science fiction extravaganza that David's collected. Yeah. Um, and the first movie we watched was Destination Moon, Colour by Technicolor. So the first one was not even a black and white. Oh, weird, huh? Yeah. The next batch are all going to be black and white. But um, I have to say that the special effects in this movie are outstanding for, for the time. Um, it, it, I couldn't really pick a, a fault anywhere with the special effects um, and I was really impressed with the matte painting of the moon and I've discovered since that it was done by Chesley Bonestell which I should have known having done a talk on him in art school wow. so that was actually a 13 feet long mounted on wheels rolled past a stationary camera painting and they poked holes where the stars were meant to be much like uh, Star Trek Next Generation and shone light through the back so Cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, I mean, you can clearly tell it was a painting, but it was a very well done painting. Hmm. And um, there's a scene where they're zooming up into the sky um, with the G forces pressing on their face, and I can't figure out how they did that. Really that cool. That's almost as good as the stretched faces in Star Trek Insurrection. Hmm. I, I just I can't figure out how they did that and managed to talk at the same time. It's 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 quite good. Um, so the movie is about obviously going to the moon. Yep. Uh, and being made in 1950, it was done well before the Apollo missions, um, and they got a lot of the science incredibly right, and then it's probably because it was written by, was it Robert Highland? Yeah, it was, yep. yeah. It was, it's based on a Robert Highland story, yep. and the screenplay is written by Robert and a bunch of other people. Um, uh, so, I mean, the story itself isn't that engrossing. It's about uh, a bunch of business entrepreneurs getting together to put together a mission to the moon. Obviously, they want to get there before the Russians do, which is the same as the political um, race to the moon. It's interesting that the Russians are never actually mentioned. No, but it's you just, know who just, they're talking about. It's just about. someone else. You know who they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So the bunch, there's a bunch of um, old-school men standing around, all smoking. Um, Wearing those awesome suits. <laughs> awesome suits with the hairy high pants and the suspenders. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, even though the story wasn't all that engrossing, the, the, um, it was a really good nostalgia. I love looking at the nostalgia, the old fashions and the and the furnishings and the old telephones. And the, you see a desk without a computer on it. Mm. Even though they're talking about flying to the moon, there's no computer on the desk. It's um, it's, it's, it's inconceivable these days that somebody would be talking about flying to the moon without a computer sitting on their desk. So, I mean, and the rocket ship that they build is excellent. I mean, the set must have cost a fortune because they at least had to build the bottom half of the rocket for people to be able to walk around it and climb it. 
I was surprised when it left left the Earth and went into orbit that it didn't sort of separate. Mm. I was expecting, because I've seen the Apollo missions, I was expecting that. Um, so when they had trouble on the moon getting back off the moon, I'm thinking, well, if they had separated in the first place, they would have had so much weight to lift off the moon. But yeah. um, they didn't know that. <laughs> it's very clever how they how they solved the problem. Yes. That's good. I didn't know that. Uh, my favourite character, I'd have to say, was uh, Joe Sweeney with his... Uh, New York accent. His Brooklyn accent. <laughs> His Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn to New York. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's very old school, uh, um, 1950s Brooklyn accent. It was uh, almost comical, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, on the whole, I give this movie for enjoyment value and nostalgia value alone a three. Cool. Three looks. Three looks. You didn't mention the uh, Woody Woodpick uh, Animation. Oh yes, which I've noticed is voiced by a, a lady, unless there's a man named Grace in the world. Yeah, it is. It is a lady, but yeah. uh, um, it's it's directed by uh, Irving Pickle and produced. It's produced by George Power. And George Power, of course, War of the Worlds uh, director. So, uh, and he's he he's actually good friends with the creator of Woody Woodpecker, Walter Lance, and so always oh. has Woody. In the movies, like Woody actually even shows up in War of the Worlds. He's in like the top of a tree. So, so, but this is so. This is the longest, the the longest sort of you know Woody cameo that they had. Where it's basically the the head entrepreneur is to convince the other people to to back the project. Yeah. Uses the a, a sort of a, a cartoon with Woody to to describe what space travel is all about. And I think it's, it's well hilarious. done. I mean, I mean, if he was talking to scientists, it would have been a bit too dumbed down. But yeah. he's talking to other entrepreneurs who are not scientists. At it's all. very dumbed down. It's very it's, dumbed I down. I respected that. But in a cartoon format, no yeah. one's going to be insulted by that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I too also liked uh, uh, the character of Joe Sweeney, as played by Dick Wesson, it's, and. Uh, and the, but the other and the other guys were interchangeable. It yeah. was very generic. Very generic, generic nineteen forties slash fifties looking, um, smoking suited men. I did I did like the sequence where uh, they go for a space walk, and they, they've got magnetic boots, but the idiot sort of kneels down and sort of the magnets lose connection, so he sort of floats oh. off. And to get to him, they use. Uh, fire extinguisher. Well, actually, no, it's an, it's an oxygen, oxygen an oxygen tank that he shoots in small bursts in order to get to where he is and then bring him back again. Yeah. And I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, well, so if only uh, George Clooney and, and Sandra Bullock had an oxygen I know. tank. <laughs> Bloody gravity! <laughs> I enjoyed this a lot more than gravity. Let me tell you. So yeah, so, I mean, like I said, so this is the first of uh, of my massive 1950s sci-fi collection. We've got, uh, I don't know, it's like. 200 gig of films to go through so we'll, we'll, we'll keep going through stay tuned for more 1950 sci-fi reviews <laughs> there'll be more there'll be more there'll probably be some bad ones there'll be some good ones <laughs> next up we've got clash of champions ladies and gentlemen All right, so for this uh, Clash of Champions, we've got a bonus round because we finished all the first the first rankings. Yep. And so before we go on to those, I thought we'd do a, a bonus round. And uh, it was Crystal's suggestion, and uh, it's bloody awesome. <laughs> so it is, in fact, uh, the Adams Family versus the Monsters. Now, we do specify that it is the TV versions. Yes. Now, I do have uh, something to reveal here. Now, Bo's not here, so he can't uh, pick on me too much, but so hopefully you won't as well. But... I actually forgot 
to post this on Facebook in order to get responses. Oh, well, because it's not an official round, we'll forgive you. I'm disappointed because uh, I would have liked to have seen the responses. I'll forgive you on Bo's behalf. Oh, thanks. I, you could post it as a post-show thing and see, still see what people think. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it's a good idea. I might do that. But, yeah. I, I mean, I remembered Friday and then I was like, oh, it's too late now. So, uh, yeah, so there's no... Um, there's nobody to sort of help us with the, the thinking out. So it's basically just you versus me and who we think is going to win. <laughs> it's, we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, so we just specify the TV versions. So just a, a, a hopefully brief rundown of the families and what gen- just general ideas of what they can do. I've done some research, man. I've been watching episodes and wiki pages and all sorts of crazy stuff. So The Adams Family. Uh, the Patriarch Gomez... As played by John Aston. As played by John Aston. The awesome John Aston. He, he was awesome. I, was, I, was, I sort of spaced out for a second. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Raul Julia? No, we did say the two V versions. <laughs> Although Raul does do an awesome job. He does, but he's no John Aston. But he's not John Aston. Uh, so go ahead. So his abilities, uh, he, he's, a, he's a juggler. He's a knife thrower. Like world-class knife thrower. Like he basically never misses. Uh, he's very athletic. He's very acrobatic. Uh, and I guess he'd also be a sword fighter. Although that's a movie version. Does he have a sword fight in the TV show? I wouldn't be shocked to say that he did, but I can't remember. I'd, we'll throw a sword fight in there as well, just for the sake of it. Uh, Morticia. Uh, she is technically a witch. Morticia, of course, the, the mother of the family. Carolyn Jones. That's played by the very beautiful Carolyn Jones. Uh, she's, yeah, so technically she's a witch, but she, her powers are never really defined. She never really does anything. The only things I can remember distinctly that she does is she can glide. Yeah. And she smokes. That's like, right. Not, She's, not cigarettes. But she, yeah, she smokes through the bottom of her dress, mm. um, and that she can glide. Yeah, there's no real sort of top speed or anything like that. I'm just trying to think of these sort of combat abilities. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but she does. I mean, you do see her doing like potion type stuff with Grandmama every now and again. So I don't know. Um, Uncle, uh, as speaking of Grandmama, uh, she is a witch uh, and uh, she does use her abilities for potions, hexes, spells, curses and fortune telling. Um, she's not the greatest fortune teller in the world but she's she's been able to predict certain things from happening. Um, so yeah, so she's full powered witch abilities. Okay. Uh, Uncle Festa. My favourite. Uh, can generate electricity, and they even specify how much. 110 volts. Uh, it doesn't say whether it's AC or DC. That's enough to power an electrical appliance. Yeah. Well, it's enough to uh, power a light bulb that he sticks in his mouth. He also has limited magnetism, which I assume is connected to electricity in some way. Um, and he also has superhuman durability. And what I mean by that is that he can take a hit and keep on ticking. Like, he... He, uh, he suffers from migraines, and to get rid of the migraines, he puts his head in a vice and seems to quite enjoy that. He also gets knocked on the head numerous times, you know, cannonballs, he's not undead, that sort is he? of stuff. No, he's not. He's not undead. He's, he is technically alive, but he's just he can just he can take a hit. He's, it's pretty good, pretty impressive stuff. They just keep on going. Um, he's not the sh- brightest bulb in the sh- in the lot either, but you know. Sharpest tool in the shed. Brightest <laughs> bulb. Brightest bulb. <laughs> I went the rose bulb for the obvious connection, but then I forgot what the second half of that thing was. <laughs> uh, and then you have the, to the children, Wednesday and Pugsley. Um, you would think they don't actually have any any abilities, but they actually they, they really they do. Pugsley not so much. Pugsley is a, an engineering genius, but other than that, he's just a standard you know ten year old kid. Uh, but Wednesday is uh, is a ballerina. She knows judo. 
which she's actually managed to beat her father with. Uh, she is very close to Lurch. Uh, she's a master torturer. She knows different, various ways to torture people. Um, but more, most importantly, I think, is she has adult-level strength. So even though she's a eight-year-old girl or whatever, she can beat up adults. Uh, Lurch, speaking of Lurch, he's a six-foot-nine-inches manservant, butler. Yep. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Right. Uh, He's best, he's best friends with Thing, and he has uh, he's a harpsichord maestro. Uh, in terms of abilities, though, he has what I I call the serial killer teleport. Yeah, let me let me just let me describe that for We're you. I'm not so, saying he is a serial killer. No, he, of course he's not. of course he's not. He's awesome. Uh, serial killer teleporter is an ability that I turned from watching many many horror films, where it's the ability of the killer to magically move forward in space as long as they're not being watched. Yep. So it's the classic, you know, the, the 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 person running away looks around and you know, and you get someone like Jason or something like that. And he's you know, he's lumbering along, you know, not not very quick, you know, he's not running like super fast. And then you know, they they, they run away, they turn away, and they run away for a bit, and then suddenly Jason's just there right next to them, swinging the machete and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's it's, it's quite a few horror uh, movies deal with that sort of uh, phenomenon and. Uh, Lurch has that ability, like he'll be, you know, he'll be at the front door and then he'll be right next to them, especially when he does the you rang, when they ring, they ring for him. He's nowhere to be seen and yet suddenly he appears next to them. So we're going to go with that. Serial killer teleport. As long as he's not being watched, he can move wherever he wants. It's like a weeping angel. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Bloody weeping angels. They stole my idea. Uh, and then you've got Thing, who is a disembodied hand. Uh, strangely enough, that doesn't stop him having superhuman strength. Uh, it's shown on numerous occasions that he's uh, quite powerful. I'm and, not sure if things are pet or a part of the family. No, he's definitely part of the family. It's in the original cartoons. Um, Thing was actually an invisible creature. Like it, it was very much the case of it's like those Doctor Who villains that if you're not looking at him, then you don't notice that he's there, mm. except for his hands. Um, in the show, they changed it slightly so to be actually yeah. a hand. Um, funnily enough, the hand played by um, the man behind Lurch. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. Um, I wonder he likes him so much. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, so he is actually a disembodied hand, and he can move around by going into sort of like a spider crawl, spider walk sort of deal. Um, and yeah, he's superhuman strength. But other than that, that's, that's what he's got. Uh, and he communicates by doing Do you reckon Thing can lift Thor's hammer? That's <laughs> <laughs> a conversation for another day. And uh, last but definitely not least, cousin It. He's an actor, a singer, and an IQ over three hundred. A bit of a Casanova too. And a bit of a Casanova. Yeah. But uh, well, that's the movie. Right? Yeah. Really, Casanova. Really but uh, yeah, cousin It. That's it. That's all I've got in terms of really. He's a, he's a hairy. Yeah. It. Undefined it. Uh, that's Adam's family. The monsters. You've got uh, the patriarch Herman. Fred Gwynn. Yep, yep, Fred Gwynn. Seven foot six inches. 170 kilograms. He's huge. That's impressive. Uh, he, is, he, he is, in fact, Frankenstein's monster. Um, it's, it is clarified that he is one of Frankenstein's monsters. Uh, he has military training, but it's not clearly defined what he was in the military, but mm. what that really means. I mean, I, I doubt he saw combat. I'd say he was more... The water boy. He was more, yeah, he was more in the kitchen. He's probably in the kitchen, <laughs> something like that. But still, he has basic training, um, and of course, being a Frankenstein monster, he has everything that comes with that: superhuman strength, superhuman durability, um, you know, that sort of stuff. He's undead, 
that sort of thing. Um, he also, uh, personality-wise, he's just he's quite prone to uh, quite childish behaviour and tantrums and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's, a, he's one of my favourites. Uh, Lily, the mother, um, is played by um, Yvonne De Carlo, um, is she, and she is a vampire. So she has the vampire abilities. Uh, she also has the ability of levitation. Um, it's important to note that the vampires in the Monsters Universe uh, are you know, quite different to the vampires that we know and love. Thankfully, quite different to the Twilight vampires. Um, they do actually cast a reflection. So Lily's quite fond of looking in the mirror and brushing her hair. Uh, they sleep at night instead of at the day, and they have no problems of going out in daylight. Uh, she does, Although she does wear quite a large cape and hood whenever she's outside in the daylight. Um, but funnily enough, Grandpa doesn't. So maybe because he's older. And uh, she also is never seen showing. Uh, she's never shown craving human blood or any, or anything like that. Um, Grandpa does every day he kid, which I'll get to that. When we move to Grandpa, Grandpa, he's also a vampire. It is. Um, it's it's contra- it's contradictory. At one point, he's he's said to actually be Count Dracula himself, um, and then there's other things that sort of contradict yeah, but that. Who's, did Grandpa say that? Yeah, Grandpa might have said that. Grandpa might have been telling a bit of a fib. I don't know. Well, well, I don't know. He's, he's he's an elder vampire. There's no denying that. Um, he so in in saying that he also has the abilities that Lily has. Uh, uh, although he does occasionally try to bite people, and that's sort of is usually done for comedic effect. Yeah. Like he tries to go for the like bite, a playful and, bite, and he misses all the time. So he's never never seen biting anybody. Um, he. Uh, he also has the extra ability, being an elder vampire, has the extra ability to transform himself into a wolf or a bat instantly. Um, at first, it start, it's, when it first starts off, it's with a pill, uh, but later on, it's, he just does it when he feels like it. Um, he's also a mad scientist and can create potions and uh, occasionally spells, funnily enough. Uh, then you've got uh, the children, Eddie, who is the biological child of Lily and Herman, and he's a werewolf. And being the child of Lily, also possibly part vampire, but it's never really established. Yeah, so you never actually see him woofing out all that much, as far as I'm aware. I can't remember it ever happening. I do remember I don't see him turning into a wolf. Of, I do remember vaguely some sort of bad hairy effects. Yeah, think. yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I think you're right. But he does have sharp teeth and sharp claws, so we'll go with that. And I assume he's got slightly enhanced strength and speed. Uh, and Marilyn, who is just a normal teenage human female. Yeah. And hideous, apparently. But of course, of course she's not. <laughs> of course she's hot. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the part of the comedy of, of the show. God, I love the buses. Awesome. I love them both. They're both awesome. It's, both, it's interesting, both shows, the, the wives, uh, Morticia and Lily, they're very serious compared to their husbands. Yeah. <laughs> The arena, 1,800 by 1,800 feet island, four city blocks of 450 feet by 450 feet, filled with typical city stuff, buildings, warehouses, shops, cars, covered by a force field reaching up 700 kilometres. There are no civilians present. So they're at the arena, as typical as, uh, as is standard, they've, uh, they're aware of each other and uh, each other's abilities. Uh, but I thought, I thought for this round that we don't have the... They're out to kill business because mm. it just—it really just does not suit them. <laughs> no. I just—you know—it just doesn't. I just—I just couldn't. I can't get my brain around the concept of the monsters trying to kill I, people. I—I can't help but think that um, Grandpa and Grandma are going to hit it off. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, maybe a controversial decision, but I just—you know—you know—the same argument could be made for other people that we've had that we've had um, in the competition, but I just. 
I just can't, just can't see it. So we, we take, we're taking away the kill thing. So for this for this bonus round, it's a it's KO only. Okay. Yeah, because you don't really see a lot of violence in either shows. I mean, you don't want to make Herman mad, but I've never seen him really hurt anyone that I can remember. I know he can like punch holes through walls and that sort of thing. Yeah. So for this one, also, uh, I'm not going to make it that they start at the opposite ends of the thing. I think we're just, you know, Times Square. There's the Addams Family. There's the monsters. Bang. They're right in front of each other. What is this Coke thing of which you speak? <laughs> <laughs> and why should I enjoy it? <laughs> You're weird. So, what do you reckon? Well, um... The Adamses have certainly got the numbers on their side, but I think the Monsters have a bit more strength than in Herman. But then Herman versus Lurch, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's just, I just going going by sort of like the personalities of the people. I, I sort of see there's more of a you know the Adams family Monsters crossover that should have happened but never did. Yeah. So I think that actually Gomez, for for example he's not going to want to fight anybody. So he's going to be more like a conversationist type stuff. So I think they actually start off by sort of having a conversation. And I reckon it turns into some sort of wacky barroom brawl thing with food involved. Totally right. All right, that's brilliant. All right, we'll go with that. Actually, they start off having picnics. Yeah. They're having a picnic. All of them. Yeah. All of them are having a picnic at some, and, and, uh, and they're getting to know each other. It's like, okay, well, we don't... You know, it's like, you know, sure, there's a competition, but Gomez is filthy rich. He doesn't need the money, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that the thing is. And so it's, we're never really clearly defined what it is, was it? It's just, it's a wish, isn't it? Yeah, the prize is a wish. Uh, anyway, so, um, so yeah, so they're having a picnic. What, and, and, and for once, the, the monsters are sort of, you know, because the monsters, they spend a lot of their time sort of a bit, a bit, um, like people react to them in horror, yeah. and they can never quite understand what it is. <laughs> like, why? Is, why? It's like, especially when uh, whenever Marilyn was with her boyfriends, and and um, you know, Lily's quite. I mean, loves loves her like a daughter. I mean, she's actually not their biological child, but she loves her like a daughter. And whenever a boyfriend comes around, Lily's you know all excited because she's you know she's out and she's meeting boys, and you know she's going to find a husband and all that sort of business. But they always scream in horror, and she always and she never and she never reacts as if it's like well, the cast has, has to be us. It's more of a well, obviously they just—they you know, have no manners. They were brought up with no manners. It's, it's, you know, they're obviously bad people. And Marilyn is the same. Marilyn just can't quite grasp, even though she looks like a normal human. She can't grasp why people are reacting that way. Yeah. She gets really quite cross whenever people say bad things about her family. That's right. Um, and so, and the Adams family are in a similar sort of deal. Like they—they're they, just—they're unaware of how creepy, weird, they how are. weird they are, and so they—they they just think it's perfectly normal. And so I, I just I just think these two would gel. Yeah, you know I, I mean? think I think grand, be, Grandpa would develop a crush on Grandma and Wednesday. Uh, my Wednesday Pugsley would develop a little bit, little bit of a crush on Marilyn. <laughs> like you know, the younger the young little boy sees the older teenage girl, and he develops a little bit of a crush. Yeah, I'm willing to go with that. I, don't, I can't remember any instances of a Pogues League getting crushes on anybody. Yes, but... No, but that, I can see what you're saying. All right, so... All right, let's... It's, it's, it's going to turn into love connection. <laughs> all right, so they, they're actually getting along quite well. And so, um, yep, Grandpa and Grandma for sure. Um, Eddie gets a little bit of a thing for Wednesday. 
Because they're about the same age. Uh, Pugsley, yep, goes uh, is has a bit of a thing for Marilyn. A bit, a bit like the... They sort of pair off. The, the Manny Haley thing in an early modern family. Yeah. I should have, have somewhere to track this. Um, yeah, that was creepy, man. <laughs> that was a really creepy storyline. I'm glad they got rid of that ASAP. What is it? So, uh, Gomez... Um, Gomez and Herman would hit it off and... Yeah, see, it's actually, so I'm actually thinking more Uncle Fester Herman. I think Uncle Fester and Herman would really, yeah, would get along. Yeah, same sort of sort of general personalities, and of course, Morticia and Lily, not in terms of romance, but in terms either, of just they'll, talking. They'll either get along or they'll see each other as rivals. Yeah. So the fight might come down to Morticia and Lily. You think Morticia and Lily will start the fight? Uh, no, 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 it, no. They're always the ones holding the others yeah. back. Be if good. anything, it'll be Herman cracking a tantrum, and the rest and the Anna's family are like, "What the hell? <laughs> What's this guy's problem, man?" <laughs> yeah, it could be. All right, this is, this is all right, this is what we're gonna do. So they're having 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 a picnic. It's going along swimmingly. It's you know they're really excited to sort of to sort of meet with each other and all that sort of stuff. And uh, let's see what. What could possibly happen? They'd be playing Uncle Festa sort of... accidentally shocks Herman. Or maybe they'd be playing some sort of picnicy game like croquet or something. They're playing some sort of game. Yes, you're right. You're so right. They're playing some sort of game that involves competition of some kind. And Herman's Herman, not very good at it. Herman is terrible and loses, <laughs> throws one of his tantrums. The Adams family are like, what the hell? <laughs> Lurch steps forward. To sort of try and restrain him is like, you know, hey, you know, calm down without actually saying that, of course, because he never really speaks. Um, Except actually, for you, Rang. Yeah, well, you, Rang. Actually, no, he actually speaks. Funnily enough, he does speak a couple of times some other mm. sort of stuff, but generally he doesn't really speak. Um, so, yeah, so Lurch is like, you know, this is, you know, there are children present. Mm. This, could, this could be dangerous. Down. Yeah. Oh, let's do that again. <laughs> calm down. Puts his arms around in order to restrain him. The monsters see that as an attack. Fights on, yeah, but it, oh, that works. I think that works. But it turns into it's not a like a rip your throat out and throw liquid nitrogen at, at your sort of fight. It's a it's a more of a trip them over and yeah, it's like the face sort slappy of fight. fighting sort of stuff. Yes. Do the slappy fighting thing. It's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right, so the fight is on. Um, Lurch is already engaged with Hammond, so we'll stick with that. Um, Eddie and Wednesday, so Eddie versus Wednesday, because um, they were near each other, so it makes more sense. Pugsley uh, versus Marilyn, Grandpa versus Grandmama, Lily versus Morticia, and that means they're outnumbered because Thin and Cousin It is <laughs> coming to the fight just no mental. And uh, oh, and Uncle Fester. Uncle Fester, yes. Yeah, well, I, let's, I, get, let's get rid of the weak ones first. Well, Marilyn's out then. Marilyn versus Pugsley. <laughs> No chance. <laughs> Pugsley all the way. Marilyn, Marilyn, yeah. Marilyn shakes her head in disgust at the fighting and takes Pugsley off for an ice cream. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay, so it's Marilyn versus Pugsley. Eddie versus Wednesday. Herman versus Lurch. Uh, Lily versus Morticia. And Grandpa... Versus Grandmama. Who is Gomez? Yeah, so that leaves out... So that's, that's basically the question. So that leaves out 
thin cousin it Gomez Uncle Festa on the Anderson side. What are they doing? Well, Gomez would probably be trying to break up Lily and Morticia. Yep, so Gomez gets involved in Lily and Morticia. Ladies, ladies, please! (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, We'll say Festa jumps in with Lurch and Herman. Because you know what? Because I think I think Lurch seeing the children in combat is going to want to step in, especially Wednesday. So he's going to want to try and restrain Herman as fast as possible in order to go and protect Wednesday. Not that she really needs protection, but you know what I mean. So so I think so. We, I think you're on the money with Marilyn versus Pugsley. They just they just like screw this mm-hmm. and they go off and sit sit back and get an ice cream or something. Yeah. Like Marilyn takes Pugsley out of danger. All right, so how would you define the final winner? Marilyn makes the decision to take Pugsley out of the out of the actual combat. Yeah. So Marilyn winner. Marilyn yeah. versus Pugsley. Marilyn winner by default. Um, Wednesday versus Eddie. Well, um, apparent apart from being a werewolf, Eddie is pretty much a normal little boy. Whereas Wednesday is proficient in judo and torture. So I just I, yeah, I have no doubt Wednesday would attack and first. She seems a vicious little girl. Yeah. Whereas Eddie's like. You know, he tries his hardest to... I mean, he just he spends all his time hero-worshipping Herman. He just mm. he does, tries his hardest not to engage in combat in any yeah. kind. So, yeah, it's, it's Wednesday. I, I, do you agree? Wednesday? Wednesday, you know. Wednesday him takes out. him out yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Uh, I don't know about quickly. She's... She has she, superhuman strength. Yes, but she likes torture, so she might pro- like to prolong it a bit. Oh, so good. All right, yep, yeah, so good. She well, first she Well, she takes him out pretty yeah. quick. And then sets him up for the torture. Yeah. Marilyn sees it. Yeah. No, no. No, Marilyn's out of the picture. Well, who's, who are the people that aren't involved anymore? Oh, they were there, there with hers. Yeah, no. Marilyn sees it and goes to intervene. Yeah. All right. So Wednesday takes Eddie out, sets him up for it on the torture rack. No, no. Sets him up, honey on the face over an anthill. <laughs> <laughs> the old anthill effect. Where do you find an anthill in Times Square? Come on, there are anthills everywhere. What are you talking about? Um, there was ants all over Times Square. Dangles him over one of those. No, 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 not Times Square. I keep, I, I'll stop stopping up. They're in the, um, they're not in Times Square. They're in the park. Well, you said Times Square. I did say Times Square. That's why, I, that's why I said the Coke thing. I stuffed it up. <laughs> I take it back. They're in the park. They're having a picnic. Yeah, well, it makes sense to have a picnic at the park. Yeah. Why would you have a picnic at Times Square? Well, why didn't you say that at the start? I don't know. I stuff up every episode. <laughs> it's, it's like a staple. Anyway, so they're in, the, so they're in Grand Central Park. Um, no, so, yeah. they're in Central Park. Grand Central Station. <laughs> uh, I don't know how people thought that you knew your way around New York. I know, it was, it was weird, man. It was really weird. Um, anyway, <laughs> well, I suppose it's because we went walking around with a giant map. We actually walked around like we knew what we were doing. Yeah. Um, anyway, we got it figured out eventually. Central Park. I'm hopeless with names, but I'm good with directions. <laughs> so yeah, honey, honey, anthill business. Marilyn and Pugsley sit. Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> they get attacked by a squirrel and they're out of the game. No, so and uh, they go to intervene. It's then Wednesday versus Marilyn because Pugsley's not going to fight his own sister. Mm. And I still think Wednesday. I mean, a normal human yeah. girl versus by this time, superhuman strength um, little girl. By this time, Festa might have taken over restraining Lurch and Lurch could intervene with Marilyn and Wednesday. It wouldn't even need to. So just to reiterate, Marilyn and Pugsley move out of combat. Eddie versus Wednesday. Wednesday takes him down, sets him up with a, over the anteater with some honey. Marilyn sees it. She intervenes. Wednesday takes her out. All right, cool. So that's the children taken care of. Yep. All right, we're done. 
Cool. Let's move on to uh, so Herman versus Lurch. Um, Lurch, I don't know. It's not really clearly defined how strong he is. Whereas Herman, you see him doing stuff all the time in terms of lifting stuff and all sort of thing. So I think I think Herman might actually have have the edge. Yeah, the way to the way to beat Herman is to calm him down, not overwhelm him with strength. Yeah, yeah. So Lurch is just hugging him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Herman's like, uh, it's not fair. Oh! <laughs> Fester comes over. Electroshocks Herman, which in, would knock normal people out, but not Herman. But manages to soothe him. He actually likes it because electricity is what brought him to life. He's alive. So the electricity is kind of like, ooh, that's it tingles, calms him down. Yeah. Victory for Lurch is it, is calming him down enough for Lurch to be declared victor. Or was it a draw? Well, Vesta was the one to calm him down, so Vesta would be the victor. Yeah, yeah. That's hard to say. It is hard to say. Vesta is the victor. We'll say Fist, We'll say Festa is the winner. Festa and Festa and Lurch are the, is the winner of that fight, right? Which means, but Herman is so he's not knocked out. He's just calmed down. He's like, ooh. he's calmed down. But now he sees that um, Lillian and um, Morticia are going Morticia at it. Are, are but I, I can imagine they're not really. It's not a scrag fight. Morticia will be standing there nice and poised and and and, and Lily will be standing in front of her. Uh, I don't know, do they have mind tricks or something? Well, Lily's a vampire yeah. and she levitates. So well, Lily starts levitating and, and, and Morticia's gliding around her. She's gliding around her. <laughs> I actually don't That's know so how funny. that would go. I, I just don't think... I just don't see them fighting. I just think they'd be, they'd be both standing on the sidelines just... Shaking their heads at the craziness. Yeah, I, th- I, I, th- I would imagine that must fit their character uh, much more. Lillian Morticia is a draw. Okay, I just, I just, I can't see it going any other way. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. And Grandpa and Grandmama have gone off to have a nice little um, cup of blood somewhere. No, no, I disagree. I can't. I just, I can't see Grandmama sitting back mm. and letting this happen. Like she's, she's, she's an idiot, and she's vindictive hmm. and it's it's quite often her that gets the family into trouble I just I, just, I just don't see her getting it she, she would go on the offensive she just would, she, especially with the children so maybe grandpa turns into a bat to distract her yeah so it's basically grandpa doing his best efforts to stop her and she's the most powerful member of the family yeah. I mean she so actually has spells if grandpa turns into a bat to distract her I can imagine her, fl- her swatting him around her head yep <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's Grandpa versus Grandmama. He's putting up a, he's putting up quite a quite a fight. He's trying to she's bite her. She's hurling spells at him, and she's got potions and stuff. He's trying to bite her. <laughs> she's going mental. Like she's she's flipped her lid. She's like, you know, get away from my children and all that sort of business. Um, Grandpa, Grandpa's sort of putting up, and then Lily and Morticia would put a stop to that. No, so I don't know. We're keeping them on the sidelines, but we've got remember we've got cousin it and. Thing. And thin, um, cousin it and thin. I'm starting to forget which family, they get, which one comes from. <laughs> yeah, cousin and thin are from Adam's family, so yeah, they, yeah. I reckon, they jump into the grandmama, grandpa fight because grandmama is going to be going crazy, right? So she's got spells, potions, hexes, curses, right? Mm. She, I think she, I see her doing the most amount of collateral damage. Like she's, trees are on fire. Lava's appeared. <laughs> she's ghosts flying around. She's like she's just going crazy. 
Okay. Grandpa's keeping out of, is trying to keep out of the, out of the, as much as possible. Cousin it and Thin leap in and help her take Grandpa out. If Thing's Lurch's best friend, instead of taking her out, he might be wanting to just restrain her. I don't. It's. I don't know what sort of personality he's is. Really not, he's not against her. Thing's on her side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Lurch is trying to restrain Herman and calm things down. So it might be. I mean, it's uh, Thing might just want to stop the fight rather than help her defeat anybody. Yeah, by taking him out. That's what I'm saying. So Thing leaps up into the air and grabs the bat. Yeah, grabs the bat. Thing and then and then cousin it just envelops him in hair. I don't know. And then Grandpa just turns back into Grandpa and is bigger and then, than both of them. No, so then he turns back into Grandpa and then Thing just knocks him out. That's so Grandpa's out of the, out of the fight. I think. But Grandma's still Grandma's still going crazy. Everyone else is. So Thing plus it. And Grandmama is enough to take Grandpa out. But Grandmama's still going crazy, but everyone else is all... No, I think think Thin and It then would calm Grandmama down. Uh So Thin and It, you know, soothing the hair, (laughs) that sort of stuff. She's she's calmed down a bit. She's calmed down. All right. So then how does that work out? So is that everybody? I think so. I think we've actually managed to cover everybody. Oh, gee, that's, that's pretty impressive. All right, so... Okay, let's go through it. We, we said that Marilyn defeated Pugsley because she convinced him to leave the fight. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's one for the monsters. But then Eddie versus Wednesday. Wednesday beat Eddie quite substantially. It's one for Adams, who then managed to then beat Marilyn as well. Because then Pugsley, versus, Pugsley and Wednesday versus Marilyn, it's game over. Yep. All right, so that's another one for the Adams. Herman versus Lurch. Festa shocks Herman into submission. Another one from the Adams. So that's another one for the Adams. Yep. Um, Lily versus Morticia is a draw. So it's one each. We forgot what Gomez, what's Gomez doing. Gomez is trying to talk down the ladies. Yeah, Gomez is with the ladies. <laughs> He's like, all right. Gomez is not allowed to leave the ladies. <laughs> He's like, Gomez, Gomez doesn't leave the ladies. You should know that as a tag. Uh, Grandpa versus Grandma Thin and it. It's victory for the Adams. Like the Adams have it. That's a disgrace. <laughs> you were thought well, monsters were going to win, didn't you? <laughs> I'm very upset by this decision. I told you when you said you knew who was going to win. I said to you, you always say that, and then it comes out differently. <laughs> but the monsters have just superior firing power. <laughs> anyway, whatever. You know, you can't you can't fault the math. Um, I, just, I, I mean, I think uh, you know, with the with the conversation about how the sort of fight goes, I just yeah. I can't deny it is a victory for the Adams. Yes, but in this case, it's it's it doesn't it doesn't come down to firepower. It's it's not really a a KO fight. This one. All right, take it, I take it back from the. It's it's to be kill. It's kill or kill. It could be kill. I put the kill rules back in, and it's the busters all the way. It's it's not like a normal superhero fight. They're not. There. Grandma alone would take him out. <laughs> All right, no, I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. It's uh, it's victory for the Adams. I think it's, it's pretty substantial. Yes, I have to reveal though. I thought the monsters were going to take it too. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so um, yeah, I, like, I quite liked your idea at the start about how uh, we should put it up and say, you know, this is 
it's not like a normal thing where the fight's yeah. actually already happened, but how do you think it would go? I think we might yeah. do that, so let's see how it goes. So, so yeah, so let us know um, is if you uh, if you have any, any feedback about the fight, if you thought it would have gone differently, then uh, let us know who you thought would have won. Yep. Uh, so that's uh, a Clash of Champions bonus round. Uh, next, our next Clash of Champions will actually be back to the, the main fights. It's uh, round nine we're up to, so that means the winner of round one versus the winner of round two, which is... Uh, so that means it's Black Widow versus Captain America. The movie versions. Yes. It's going to need to clarify that. <laughs> Otherwise, it's game over for Black Widow. All right, so <laughs> the movie versions, you might actually stand a chance. Uh, so that's it for uh, Clash of Champions. Let's move on and uh, finish up with Azerothian Times. So as I said at the start, I'm just going to go... Th- we've got quite a lot of uh, breaking news uh, for WoW to go through, so... It's important that I do do it. It's a shame that Bo's not here. Uh, but in light of the fact that Bo's not here and it's just Crystal who's going to be bored out of her head, I'll just I'll do some bullet points yep. and then we'll move on. We'll talk about it more in depth later. Breaking news. Breaking news. So patch 6.2.2 uh, was released a couple of days ago and uh, it's the main focus was its uh, release of flying in Draenor. So everybody who worked hard on their Pathfinder achievement like myself, uh, I actually had it weeks in advance, are actually now able to fly through Draenor. And uh, it's a whole new experience. It's actually, it's a shame Bo's not here because I actually have to admit that it actually now kind of, it detracts a little <laughs> from the game. I, I know, I know it's 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 weird for me to say You've so. but hanging for this flying I know, so it, I mean, I'll give you an idea of what I mean. So it's the actual, the ability to fly around and stuff is, is you know, it's awesome as always, but... When you go to Tanan Jungle for the first time, you've got a series of quests where you you know you do your you get your you start your shipyard, so you have to go to to the Iron Docks in order to get to save that orc guy who then creates a shipyard and you create a, a transport and you go off to Tanan and then you do a series of quests to then create your Tanan Jungle um, outpost. Um, that is now completely different because of the ability to fly. Actually, when you first go to the Iron Docks, you don't, don't have to fight your way through to get to let, collect the stuff. You basically just fly. I'm just fly over to it. Just I just basically just jump on my mount, fly to the first to the detonator, fly to the explosives, fly to the boss, release the guy, then fly to the bit where you have to kill the other guy. It just I, I don't know. It just it just takes it, it takes quite a bit out of it. And then the same thing when you get to Tanen, like you, you arrive in Tanen, fly to the first building, kill that dude. Don't worry about anybody else. Fly to the next building, kill that dude. Then you've got a bit where you have to run through a gauntlet of explosions from a cannon. No. Just fly over the top of it, kill those dudes. So it's, I mean, it's, it's yes, it's a lot faster, it's a lot easier, but I actually think it does sort of take a little bit about, away from it, especially because the quest still says you have to run through this gauntlet <laughs> to get to the canyon. So, no, you don't. You don't have to do that at all. But uh, that being said, though, I'm very excited that we've got flying. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> bloody blizzard. Um, so other stuff that came for patch six point two point two is uh, mercenary mode for PvP. I don't do a lot of PvP, but uh, obviously some some people are very excited. It's basically the ability to fight for the opposing team. So if you've got if you're in queue, sometimes PvP queues can be quite ridiculous. So if it's if it's more horde than alliance, for example, uh, you as a horde player, you have the ability to fight for, on the alliance side. You still get all the stuff that you would normally get, all the bonuses, but you just it just basically just helps with the queues really more than anything else. Uh, time walking uh, has been revamped. Time walking is the ability to go back and do old dungeons, but at level. So do you, you can... have to jump to the left? No. Um, so even though you've uh, you're at level one hundred, you get you get rescaled back to 
whatever you which should be for that sort of series of dungeons. Uh, you now collect uh, time-walking badges, which could be used to buy stuff, uh, specifically some mounts. Um, one of the mounts is awesome. It's the, the I don't know, the horsey one. <laughs> it's like a spectral, it's a spectral horse with like a saddle on it. It looks pretty cool. This is the World of Warcraft version of My Little Pony. <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, the other one is uh, quite boring. It's like a dragon hawk. Like, who cares? Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so you collect these badges and and buy stuff. You can buy gear and mounts and pets and all that sort of business. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, it does work out that you're going to need to do well. The mounts for themselves are five thousand badges, so that's quite a lot <laughs> of dungeons. I mean, each, each boss drops five, uh, except for the last boss who drops ten. And yeah, there's some items you can you can. There's an item you can find that gives you a quest to get five hundred. So it gives you a bit of a boost. But uh, other than that, man, it's going to take quite a lot of dungeons to do. Uh, they've also revamped time walking so that the things that were meant to drop in those dungeons now now do drop. Most uh, the most the best example, of course, is the Drake that can drop from Ulgard. You can now actually drop again, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the drop rate is still ridiculously low, but anyway, uh, the leg- legendary ring quests uh, have been ramped a bit in order to help people catch up to people who've actually got um, higher level ones. I have a higher level one, so I actually don't know how exactly how that's been done, but. Uh, the bonus events, uh, talking about time walking, the bonus events now start on Wednesday, uh, so you've got quite a bit more time. you basically essentially got half a week in order to do the bonus events, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's And because of flying, there's actually now some new rare elites uh, that can only be gotten to by flying. So, for example, ones in Hellfire Citadel, the outside version of Hellfire Citadel. So you won't see them if you go through the raid, but if you fly over the wall, you can he'll actually be, be there, um, which is pretty cool. And there's other ones as well. There's another one near the portal and you know, various stuff like that. Uh, there's some, some racial ability changes uh, and some class changes. The class changes are specifically sort of PvP related. Like they've been bumped up in PvP. The damage has been bumped up in PvE but reduced for PvP. So um, yay for PvE, which is, me, which is me, and boo for PvP people. Um, uh, there was also a Legion panel at DragonCon, seriously, a couple of hours ago. So this is breaking news. This is all subject to change. This is all uh, nothing here is is definite. Uh, but let's face it, most of it probably will be. Uh, the Demon Hunters are going to have been confirmed to start at level ninety eight, which is exactly what I said a couple of episodes back. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, and the Demon Hunter Metamorphosis um, ability is actually a short transformation visual not a continuous form so if you when you change the metamorphosis you keep your original demon hunter view not the the thing that the graphic that they were showing uh, a couple of weeks back Molten strike has been removed uh, which is a bit of a shame for frost mages but hey um and there's been some some changes to some other abilities um uh, some of the classes uh, will be renamed uh, i don't have any specifics on that i'm afraid uh Survival hunters who are now Malay get the ability Harpoon, uh, which can draw mobs towards them, very much like Scorpion. Get over here! The the amount of <laughs> macro saying "get over here" is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be uh, it's a bit. Uh, I might even do it myself. I mean, <laughs> I'm not I'm not ashamed to say I probably do it. Get over here! Um, and less, last but not least, transmogging. Transmog has been revamped to work a bit more, a bit like Diablo three. Uh, so it may be account wide, uh, but it'll definitely be character, you know, server wide at the very least. Uh, whereas um, if your your plate wearing character, for example, gets you know some awesome some plate gear, 
every other plate wearer that you've got can then transmog to that as well, not just the one that actually manages to pick it, pick it up. So uh, that's huge news. Let's expect a bag space to uh, to uh, be fixed up with that. On my main character, I've got like four spots left in my bag because she's carrying all this transmog crap. <laughs> so it's you know, so it'll be it'll be pretty pretty cool. Not quite the wardrobe idea that. Uh, uh, I mean, well, yeah, I guess it's similar to the wardrobe idea that uh, um, Bo and I thought up. Which is still free for you to use, Blizzard. If you listen, <laughs> you can do it. We're cool with that. Just just credit us in some way. So that's uh, Azerothian Times. Well, that, wasn't, that wasn't too painful, was it? That was all right. All right. So let's finish up with Cubbied Soon. Um, we've only got, a, only got a couple of movies uh, coming out this week. Uh, September 10th. We get Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, which you saw the trailer for at Fantastic Four. You said it was looked all right? Oh, no, it started to look all right until I realised what it was, and then I've lost all interest. <laughs> <laughs> this I, didn't mind, I didn't mind Maze Runner 1. And, I haven't seen know. the first one, so... Yeah, okay, sorry. It is, it is what it is. It's, yeah, I'm not really the target. Um, <laughs> you might be more interested in this one. People, Places, Things, which is uh, Jermaine Clement playing a, a deadbeat dad with two kids. I always like to see Jermaine. He's a, he's a handsome man. <laughs> no, he's not. And, uh, and uh, last and definitely least is Pixels, which is Adam Sandler's new film, which I have already seen. And The trailer actually looked all right. Holy crap, it is shit. The trailer, the trailer looked good. No, it's total, total rubbish. I'm Avoid. sure there's some bits in it that you would have enjoyed. Was there any bits that I enjoyed? Well, there's a giant Pac-Man. It, it also one. it also it co-stars with Shao Monahan, who I think is very attractive. So that was a bonus. Mm. But everything else, I mean, it's unfunny. It's offensive. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. It's a shame. It is a shame. Peter Dinklage is in it, who's awesome. Yeah. But his character is so crap that I just I couldn't stand. So it. the Futurama episode was better. The Future Armor episode is far superior. Even the short that inspired this film is, is superior. So yeah. Anyway, avoid, avoid at all costs. Uh, that's uh, that's it for episode one fifty nine. Wow. A little bit of rant at the end there. Super quick. It was pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, full of fun, fun, fun. Fun facts. Until Daddy takes our T bird away. <laughs> we didn't have a T bird. It'd be awesome if we did though. <laughs> I don't know a lot about cars, but yeah, they look awesome. They're huge. They are huge. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that was her opinion. <laughs> That's it from me and my single crew. Is one person a crew? That's you're still crew. Can one person be a crew? Yes. Okay. I'm still even. I'm still crew. <laughs> We're the NCP crew, and everybody listening are also honorary NCP crew members. Awesome, Crystal. Yay, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) In case you were confused about it. (laughs) I'm not Bo. Yeah, I should just finish up by saying that if you have uh, any feedback or any comments, please send them in. We love hearing from you. We do it for you. The listener. We love you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.